Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We are live following the Timberwolves win over the Philadelphia 76ers. Marty Gellner, Bally Sports North, joins the show live to break it all down. The Locked on Wolves podcast starts right now. You are Locked on Wolves podcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Marnie Geller, Bally Sports North is with us to talk through the Wolves road win over the Sixers. This is the Wolves third win in a row. And Marnie, there was a lot to like about this game. A lot that felt pretty similar to the last couple of wins. Uh, they built again for the third game in a row. The Wolves build a big lead against a shorthanded opponent and give most of it back, but then execute just enough down the stretch to pull out uh, what ended up being a, a pretty exciting and obviously important win. Yeah, it's crazy how similar these last three games have been. It's, it's like the same theme. Like, you, here's the script, read through it, and then we're going to do the, we're going to roll through this play uh, three straight nights at this theater, and uh, thanks for coming. But um, you could hear it in Chris Finch's voice in his post-game press conference. Like, he was not out there sounding like a guy who felt pretty good about himself after winning three straight. So I think I'm hoping that the team has that same kind of attitude and they're not walking around like chest puffs out, chest puffed out. Like we got this all figured out. It's more like a, yeah, we know we weren't great, especially in the fourth quarter, especially the second half of the fourth quarter. But there is something to be said for just figuring out a way to piece it all together and still end up with a win. Yeah. And I mean, my biggest takeaway, I want to talk about the fourth quarter in a minute uh, in terms of a, a good thing that happened in this game. I thought that the defense for the vast majority of the game was really, really good. Um, they did a good job on Joel Embiid. I know he scored 32 points, but I mean, given the numbers he's been putting up lately, that's that's not necessarily an L, right? Especially when no Tyrese Maxey, no James Harden, no Tobias Harris yeah. um, missing, yeah. you know, Sixty uh, percent of their starting lineup giving up thirty-two to Embiid is is fine, and eighteen it on free throws for that matter, um, which I guess is a pretty typical formula for him. But the Wolves did a pretty good job on him. I thought Rudy was okay, especially in the second half. He struggled a little bit early, got you know into a little bit of foul trouble. But I thought Gobert was good in the second half uh, when he was guarding Embiid. The Wolves did a really good job having active hands when they were guarding him, and Towns guarded him for chunks of the game and also got into a little bit of foul trouble in the second half. Um, but bringing late doubles, doubles on post-ups, just kind of essentially having almost like a, another layer of defense against Embiid and just really having active hands, tipping the ball away in some instances. They forced him into a couple of turnovers. He traveled at least twice in this game. I think they just mucked things up enough to make Embiid's life a little bit more challenging. And, and overall, I thought defensively, the Wolves competed really well. Yeah, and how about the defensive play at the end of the game after yeah. Anthony Edward ha Edwards had his pocket picked. I think that was DeAnthony Melton and, and, and busted back and made the defensive mm -hmm. play. And then Carl was there too, to get the creep out. I mean, that could have been disastrous. And I know that's just one play and you better play defense in that situation. But um, throughout the game, yeah, I don't, I don't think there were times when it was just this defense was horrendous and, we talk about the squandering a lead in the fourth quarter. Well, the Wolves only scored 15 points. They gave up 25. I mean, that's that's not a ton. So it wasn't um, it wasn't defensive breakdowns that 
that almost cost the Timberwolves this game. It was more turnovers and and just kind of careless shot taking and a lot of the hero ball stuff that we've seen at times. But it wasn't the defense. I didn't think at all in this game that was that was anything to to be concerned about. Yeah, I agree. And, and you brought up the offense in the fourth quarter. I, I believe the Wolves had more turnovers than than made field goals uh, in the fourth quarter. I think it was yes, like six to four. Um, and it, it was, you said hero ball. I think that's the best way to say it. It was, you know, Cat had a couple of rough possessions early in the fourth quarter, but then late down the stretch when it got down to three, the Wolves pushed it back to six and had a couple of stops defensively. And then on consecutive possessions, you had D'Angelo Russell taking the shot clock down, which obviously the Wolves were, we're up two possessions. You try and burn clock there and then rejecting a screen and dribbling into a tough mid range shot. And then the Sixers score, you come back down and ant does effectively the same thing uh, or starts to do the same thing. I think there was one more bad possession in there. And then ultimately, like you, you mentioned, he got his pocket picked and nearly, I mean, that was nearly the game right there. And then ultimately the Sixers still had a chance to tie the game at the, at the buzzer. And thankfully the wolves played strong defense on the final possession. So again, doing just enough to win, but this time it was very much the the offense that struggled down the stretch and the defense that that held their own. Um, and actually, those last couple of possessions were really, really strong defensive performances. But offensively, it's like they stopped. We talked about this, the Magic game on Wednesday in the fourth quarter. There was a stretch when it got a little dicey. I think it got, to, got down to like nine points against Orlando. And Chris Finch started calling sets every time down the floor. And they ran a bunch of plays in a row instead of just kind of this free-flowing offense that he prefers to play. And this in this game, it almost felt like that would have served them really well. I, I and and I don't know for sure. It didn't seem like they were calling as many plays down the stretch as they did in Orlando. And then it kind of devolved into this, um, you know, ISO ball that they ended up playing a little bit. But yeah, I thought the offense was a little bit clunky in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean Minnesota was four for eighteen in the fourth quarter. Depending on the stat service used, courtside had them for six turnovers. The final book on NBA.com had the Wolves for eight turnovers, but uh, that's twice as many turnovers as made baskets in the fourth quarter, the most important quarter of a close game. And that is something that needs to change the decision-making, the mentality, because I, I think my interpretation of it is that players are doing it for the right reasons. Like if you mentioned D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, they certainly are guilty of it taking hero ball type shots in big moments down the stretch. But I feel like they're doing it because they're saying, I can do this. I can get us the win, put this team on my shoulders. I'm going to make this big shot, which is what you want, but it's not what gets the team involved. And it's not what got you to that point in the first place in the game. It's not what got you the lead in the game. And so I think it's almost like the untangling of that mentality and to step back in the, in the first place and be like, well, that I'm glad you think you can make that shot. And that's wonderful. But a long contested two in this situation is not the shot we need, even though you believe you can make it right. Like let's just work for better opportunities and see where this can be a bit of a problem. Right. And, and Dilo's ability to make those shots. Um, and I'm not uh, both Dilo and Ant can both make Dilo is actually a really good mid range jump shooter that's one of those skills that you can fall back on that if you need to. And, and if he can get to those spots and the wolves don't shoot a ton of mid range jumpers and Finch doesn't want them to, but when Delo's open, he should take them. And in a tough spot and in a close game, those are the shots he can get off. And in a pinch at the end of the shot clock, at the end of regulation, whatever it might be, if Delo needs to shoot that shot, he can make it. And that's great. But 
if you run an actual set, run an action to get Towns the ball, um, you know, and let him play make, let him shoot the ball, let Ant, you know, get the ball uh, in in a more advantageous position than just you know in isolation. Um, you know, when the the defense really can load up on him, um, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of more positive outcomes. You know, if if they're running actual plays in those situations. Um, another thing in this game that was kind of weird is, I mean, the Wolves ended up scoring like we we talked. The offense was clunky. They still scored 112 points, but. Towns and Gobert combined to score only 20 points in this 20, game. 20, yeah. And it was weird. And they had 23 rebounds um, combined, which, you know, is still a little bit lower than what you'd expect. I think Gobert himself, what was he? He was, uh, he or Towns at 12 and 8, Gobert at 8 and 13. Um, and Towns was just a little bit off all night. Gobert never really got involved. He obviously, both, both guys played a little less minutes than they typically would because of foul trouble. Um, but... It was like they were both so focused and rightfully so on slowing down Embiid that like neither one of them really got into a rhythm on offense at all. No, and it was an uncharacteristically inefficient night for Carl Anthony Towns. And it's kind of ironic because in our pregame show, we had looked at his last five games and he was shooting 64% or something like that from the field over his last five. He was just ultra efficient and just almost machine-like. And then maybe he was due for a game like this where it just didn't come as easily, whether it was him not, not getting the looks or not hitting the shots. But um, Carl, had, to this point, has been so good all around for this team. And Gobert has really – he's not been an issue. If you look at what has been plaguing the Wolves before this three-game winning streak, like what are the issues – why is this team not getting going? We've talked about this before. Rudy Gobert has not been the problem. So, yes, it was a low-scoring night from Towns and Gobert. 20 combined is probably not at all what you want to see from a couple of all-NBA centers. Bigs, what, however you want to label them. But if it's just an isolated game, then that's fine. We can move on and just figure out how to be better. But um, it's it's not ideal. So, there, there again, to be able to win a game – when your four and five guys combine for 20 points on an inefficient night to be able to still win a road game. That's, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And, and we've said this after each of the last two wins, like we're not like winning. This team was three games under 500 and they've beaten three shorthanded teams consecutively. Two of them are really good shorthanded teams in Cleveland and Philadelphia. So like a win is a win and the wolves have still had to fight through some adversity in these games. And, and I think even if like, even if you remove some of the other contexts of like who they were missing and all that stuff, the wolves are still finding a way to win close late games. And there's a mentality and there's a, um, you know, like for the wolves to like, they're not sitting there thinking very likely they're not going to be sitting there thinking going into their game on Monday against Miami, like, man, we won our last three, but those teams are shorthanded. Like it's the mentality of we were in these close games and we came out on top and they can build on that and, and be, you know, um, more confident that they can pull out, you know, a game the next time around. And I, I think that that really matters. Um, I guess the kind of the last thing I want to talk about is the Wolves bench was actually really good in this game, especially Jalen Noel and Nas Reed. Both of those guys, they play so well together. That's been the case going back to last season when, when they did get to play together and Jalen Noel had not played well recently, um, but he scored 13 points on seven shots was back to being yep. the efficient player that he was early this season. Um, Nas was very good. He had to play in the first half. Uh, I believe he's, he came in late in the first quarter, I think, or maybe it was to start the second quarter for the first time. Um, and got some second half minutes too. Both of those guys played really well in this game. 
Yeah, and it was needed too. And especially, I think, for Jalen Noel, because he had just had a string of games where it just wasn't falling for him. And he was getting called for fouls more than he was making shots. So to be five of seven tonight was important. Um, Nas Reed was important. Torian Prince was important off the bench. Kyle Anderson had a handful of points. Like those four guys made a difference in this game. They truly did. And, uh, Noel, I just think he's so loud. Like when he plays, I never wonder if he played in a game. Like I know this when he checks out, you're like, yep, Jalen Noel has been in this game because yep. he uh, he's shooting the shots and. Yeah, he was good tonight, and I think I feel like he really needed that, and he needed to get back on track and back righted because his production off the bench is important for this team. It was good to see. Yeah, absolutely. And coming up Monday, they have the Miami Heat, who are, as of right now, at least extremely shorthanded. They played Friday night, and only seven guys saw the floor for them because they had an injury list of about six guys. So um, we'll see who plays Monday. They haven't been quite as shorthanded here of late, uh, but we'll see how that all comes together. So I have for today here on the postcast, we go live after every single game on the locked on sports, Minnesota YouTube page. Be sure to subscribe and subscribe and follow locked on wolves on all audio platforms and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll catch you next time.